When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to another Thursday night with the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. Thank you to all of you who are watching this live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. And it's Thursday night, which means it's time for injury inquiries. It's time for the second half of the show to go over our best bets of the weekend. Chris and Jazz, they'll be joining the second half right now. I got Danielle Dubois. Danielle, finally in the end season, we get you in here. I know it's crazy. It feels like it's been at least a decade, but I'm back. <laughs> yes, we have we have missed you. She's going to help us out here in this first half hour with our one and only amazing guest. Let's go ahead and get him properly introduced right now. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The number one medical expert in all of fantasy sports, host of the Interlist Podcast, Mr. Brian Scott! I never get tired of that. <laughs> I would hope not. So cool. We love you, man. We love you. <laughs> we have to show it to you on the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming in, Brian. How are we doing this week, man? I'm feeling a lot better. I was a little under the weather over the weekend, but I'm feeling much better. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. You had a, a one-week turnover this time? Let, yeah. Uh, yeah. I did not awesome. have to go on IR. This is good. That, that's a record yeah. for you. That's I fantastic. Know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we have as good as luck uh, with some of these guys that we have to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just, like, yeah, we only have a half hour, so I don't even like wasting time when we get into this. So let's go ahead and just, just jump right into it. <laughs> oh! Oh, Danielle, who's who's our first quarterback we got to talk about? We have Jimmy Garoppolo, concussion protocol. Ah, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> it wouldn't be a season without Jimmy on the list. Some no, find a way. Time, right? Um, well, he practiced in full today, so it doesn't sound like it's a big deal. Uh, he'll likely be cleared for the weekend. Sounds like he's getting through the protocol just fine. He, he would be the first player to actually be in the concussion protocol and play the following week this, so far this season, no? Uh, possibly there hasn't been as many concussions. I feel like as we maybe experienced last season, unless it's just not on the offensive fantasy relevant side of the ball. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, th that, I think that part is true. That, that's definitely yeah. been a good thing, but I think so far, every player that I've dealt with has had a concussion. They've, they've missed the following week so far. I can't think of anybody who actually came back the same yeah, week. You're probably right. And that, that, um, that, ma that makes sense. I mean, that's about average. You're probably looking at a week or two anyway. Yeah. And, um, which, which makes sense. Uh, Ooh, we got a, 
Uh oh. Speaking of concussions, Luke Musgrave actually just picked up uh, getting evaluated for concussion in the Thursday night game going on right now. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on there. Uh, uh, who's our next quarterback there, uh, Danielle? Bryce Young, an ankle injury. Yeah, so he uh, came back to full practice just yesterday, um, coming off of uh, absence this past weekend with an ankle sprain. Sounds like he should be ready for this weekend. I don't think it was serious to begin with, but I think just being a young player, not wanting to give him any more disadvantages by putting him out there in a bum ankle, they just gave him an extra week to rest. I, I don't want to see him. I want give him another week to rest. Like, <laughs> like let Andy Dalton play because I was ready to actually put Adam Thielen, who did pop up on the injury report today, but I think it was just a rest day anyway. Uh, I was ready to put him in my top thirty receivers this week, and now he's going to probably trickle down in my forty range. Like I don't even, I don't even want to play him against Minnesota, which is the right matchup because that's how bad Bryce Young has been. Like this is disgusting. Yeah. What, do you, what do you make of this situation well, with Andy Dalton and, and Adam Thielen and, and all the Carolina Panthers heading into this week with Bryce Young's going to be at the helm? You know, it's 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 not a good situation, and I don't necessarily want to step anywhere near it, like you were saying. Um, I'm not saying like I would necessarily be super high on Adam Thielen anyways, but he's definitely a guy I would consider having on my team, depending on what my wide receiver room is looking like, especially depending on with a bunch of different injuries and everything coming up lately. I would consider adding Thielen to my team if needed, but um, the questions at quarterback and even just with Andy Dalton and then Bryce Young in, I just I don't really trust – either of them i think i trust dalton more but yeah i'm kind of staying away from any of the panthers for my team yeah it's just i mean i think Thielen still had can be a back-end high-end wide receiver for flex play this week just because the matchup is still good but we've seen him with bryce young it wasn't looking pretty this offense had a click in it with andy dalton i know they're not gonna go to andy dalton long term but i was really hoping for just just one more week. I have no idea what just happened to Brian. So hopefully we're going to get him back <laughs> soon. Uh, I do have his notes in front of me, thankfully. Uh, so uh, who do we got next? We have Anthony Richardson. Another concussion. Another concussion. So uh, Brian did note in here, and of course, it's been in the news. He did practice in a full capacity uh, today. In fact, he's probably already cleared the concussion protocol at the end of this afternoon. So he's going to be fired up. He's going to play. Danielle, how excited are you by Anthony Richardson? You know, I'm not necessarily too hot on him. I've I was kind of not really looking. I, yeah, I'm. I know, I know, I know. I just I don't know. I think I'm just an Anthony Richardson hater. I wasn't necessarily like really thrilled about him at the beginning of the season. I think he does have a lot of potential, but I am kind of just very mediocre on him. I don't think I'm necessarily looking at him for my fantasy team as of right now. But I think maybe in a future year or two. Just right now, I don't really think for him for my team he's on there. Wrong answer. Start some debates here. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong answer. He's a top 10 quarterback. Now, if you want to make the argument that through two weeks that he's been rushing around, he's picked up little injuries here and there, whether it was a chest injury that didn't cost him any time, but then the concussion did, that's fine. But the guy's running like crazy while he's in there. He's been a top 10 quarterback when he's on the field. You have to play Anthony Richardson. Come on, Danielle. We don't, we don't, I don't love him as a quarterback. I don't love his NFL quarterback, but this is fantasy. This is fantasy. Come on. True. It's been a weird year for fantasy quarterbacks, though I must say. So yes. far. <laughs> Speaking of, actually, the who, the next guy we're talking about, I think, is kind of weird too, right? Yes, Joe Burrow uh, dealing with a calf injury still. Dealing with the calf injury still. So according to Brian's notes, he thinks this is going to linger past their buy or into their buy, I should say, in a week six, um, assuming he doesn't aggravate it between now and then. Now, 
I, I will say the good news was that he got reported as being practiced in full today. And that's the first time he's done that since week one. So whatever it was the aggravation that we were all worried about going in the Monday night game, not only did he suit up and not suffer a setback, but it does seem like, to me at least, that would indicate that it's getting better. And I think Brian would probably agree with that. Will he probably be over it until he gets a full week rest? Probably not. But if he doesn't re-aggravate it, one, uh, he's going to get better. And two, look at Cincinnati's schedule the second half of the season. It's bonkers. Like the slow start they're going through right now, their entire offense, all the fantasy assets could easily pay back the ADP you spent on them in the second half of this year. Like championships are going to be won because you have Jamar Chase, you have Joe Burrow, you have T Higgins, you have Joe Mixon. Championships are going to be won because you have those players. Uh, uh, Danielle, what do you think of this? No, I agree. And while it started off horrifically, like horrifically, if you had Joe Burrow or Chase in the first week, you were automatically just regretting your decision. But and everybody was really like fast to turn on Burrow and the entire Bengals team. Everybody's like, oh, they're done. They're not going to come even more close to winning the, their division anymore. But I think they still have a chance. They're going to come back, I think. I think there's just too much talent on this team. Joe Burrow is excellent no matter what. So definitely don't don't drop him yet. I know yeah. injuries are concerning, but don't don't get rid of him. I know a lot of people are ready to sell. I even have a top 10 quarterback going against, in this week going against the Tennessee Titans. Brian, welcome back. Are you all good now? I guess so. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think I just had to go into the medical tent there for a second. I'm not really sure what the heck happened. You went to go check on Luke Musgrave for us. That's I don't know it. what happened. <laughs> I, well, okay. glad to have you back. Thank you for the notes, by the way, because we're able to keep this whole thing, this whole train going. <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, that's a great idea. And I'm glad we're doing it like that. So, yeah, where, all right, where, where are we at? Here we go. Uh, Danielle, where are we at? We're at Deshaun Watson with his shoulder-related injury. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so listen, uh, I rested yesterday, uh, limited today. doesn't sound like it's a big deal. I think he's going to go. Um, I'm not even sure when he got hurt, and I don't think he even missed much time during the game if he did at all. So it, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal. Yeah, he didn't miss any time during the game. Uh, the report was that it was on one of his runs during the uh, in the second half of that game is when he picked up the shoulder issue. Uh, look, Deshaun Watson, somebody who's still hanging around outside my top twelve, but it's a high end QB two, still doesn't look good. Now, we you you like if you had Deshaun Watson, you liked what you saw of Cleveland committing to the passing game. But keep in mind, and I brought this up there in the show yesterday, it was against Tennessee. They're so past funnel. That's the way you beat them in the beginning. So them going all in on Deshaun Watson, not going to the run. I don't think that's indicative of they no longer have Nick Chubb. Therefore, they're going to be just pass first team. I think that was indicative of the matchup and not having Nick Chubb. Uh, Jerome Ford, I think, has been more than a capable backup myself. What do we think about Jerome Ford there, Danielle? You got, did you pick him up anywhere? I did not, but I actually should should consider it because some of my running back rooms are absolutely terrible. So I should actually look Laura. into that because um, yeah, their running back room, I think is going to be really interesting with Ford and uh, hunt coming in to replace Chubb. Yeah, sure. Uh, who's next. We have Derek Carr. <laughs> Yeah, so not not uh, quite as good a situation uh, as or optimistic a situation as Watson. Um, Carr got slammed to the ground pretty hard uh, this past weekend, had to exit the game with what they're calling an AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder, which poses the problem here. 
you know, he was at practice today, apparently wearing a jersey, but not wearing a helmet or pads, which means he was basically just watching from the sideline. So I don't think he's going to be ready for this weekend. I think he probably will be able to make it back by next weekend. Um, so I would be prepared for Jameis Winston to get some action. So, well, uh, and we know he was probably going to miss this week anyway, but yeah. do you have any concerns about his, you know, getting back to full velocity next weekend if he does come back that quickly? Well, yeah. So, you know, depending on the severity of this, these can be quite painful. They can take a while to get better. However, um, you know, you'll have to kind of see what he does during practice next week. The first sign that things are improving is he's going to be able to pick up the ball and make a throw. Um, so obviously we're not going to see that this week. So it's going to be uh, have to be a kind of a real quick kind of uh, recovery next week for him to get ready for game action. Um, it's really going to be a day to day kind of thing. This is one of those instances. These injuries is like really day to day. So until you start seeing him picking up and throwing a ball, even if he's just doing some light tossing on the side, I wouldn't expect any quick return. Yeah, and that's what we're going to have to keep our eye on. You don't care about Derek Carr fantasy-wise unless you're in a two-QB league, but you do care about the receivers. It shouldn't be too hindered with Jameis Winston and his history. usually can provide good fantasy performances for that, so I'm not too worried. Uh, Danielle, you want to help me out with Sam's question here? Should I trade Stephon Diggs, Alexander Madison, and Lamar Jackson for Justin Fields, Saquon Barkley, and Cooper Cup? Personally, I would not. And that's just like my personal opinion. I I think Diggs and Lamar and Madison are a perfect. They're they're a great trio. I think there's nothing wrong with Saquon or Cup, but I just don't see them. They're not having as great a seasons as I would want for them to be necessarily on my trade if I'm team if I'm trading for them. So I think I would just stick with Diggs, Madison, and Lamar personally. I think this is a perfect question to ask Brian. Um, because the, I think the, the key to this trade for me comes down to, do we think Cooper cup's going to come back or not? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you will, uh, but you're always going to have in the back of your mind concern about that hamstring going out on him again, seeing as how he already failed one attempt at coming back from it during the preseason. And then, you know, Saquon giving his running style, the fact that the giants offensive line has been pretty weak this far. Um, I can't rule out him getting injured again at some point in this season too. It looks like he's probably going to be back for this Monday night game with his ankle injury. Cause he looked pretty good in practice today, but um, I mean, injuries abound for those two uh, over the last few years. So I would be very cautious about making a trade like that for them. Uh, Sam's commenting here about cup coming back next week. That's their hope. Yes. They're upping yeah. his practice. They're hoping he comes back. We're not concerned about him coming back at some point. The concern right. is where is he at when he does come back? Because it seemed like this is a very significant hamstring issue. How likely is it to be re-injured? Very That's high percentage, part. very yeah, high percentage exactly. of re-injury. So I would say like 20, 20% or even more. Yeah. I would say no. Cause he's a 30 year old wide receiver trying to come back. So I am not, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make that, that deal. Uh, the, the upgrade from Saquon to Alexander Madison was ultimately what you're trying to do there. It's not worth it right now for, for me. Uh, Mike talking about the game going on right now. looks like some, some Aaron Jones owners out there getting kind of frustrated. Uh, let's head into our running backs. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> uh, Running backs are bleeding hard. Uh, who's first on our list, Danielle? Austin Eckler with his ankle injury. All right. So here's the thing with Eckler. Um, I was kind of surprised that he missed as much time as he has already. He's only had two limited practice practices thus far, uh, yesterday and today. They got a week five bye. It'd be asinine of them to put him back out there for one weekend here. Um, and then followed by a buy. Like you might as well just give him the extra week of rest 
make sure he's at close to 100% as he's ever going to be the rest of the season and and just let him let him come back week six. I mean, it, from a medical standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. From a football standpoint, I mean, I can understand wanting to get him back out there in the field, but um, you got to think long-term here. Uh, it's a long season. We're barely a quarter of the way in. Uh, I really don't see it happening, and I would be shocked if they did. Yeah, I think, and Chris and I talked about this a little bit, and we think Saquon apl- applies to this as well. With the running backs in the position that they are, with the contract situation, I think these guys are finding themselves in certain situations with certain injuries. They're not going to push themselves to come back. I think Austin Eckler looks at this as an ankle sprain. I think Saquon Barkley looks at what happened last time he tried to come back off a high ankle sprain, and they're just like, you know what? I'm, until I'm 100% healthy, I ain't pushing this. I think that's why Eckler kept commenting about the fact that he's still having trouble cutting. He's like, I got on straight. I can't really cut back and forth yet. I think this is a, a ploy by them. Not that they're not injured, because they are, but that they're not going to push themselves to come back too early and rid themselves. Because as they see, once they get hurt again, then they lose even more value. It's not worth it for them to come back. So I think this is, this speaks to a larger issue with what's going on with an Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley right now. That's that's just my take on it. Uh, Sam commenting in, she said she has Alexander Madison, James Connors, her main running backs. I don't care because if you don't get a healthy enough Cooper Cup, that deal they presented there, it's still not worth it. I'd still rather just hold on the wide receivers. Running backs will pop up throughout the year in the waiver wire. Uh, but Danielle is getting back to the running back point. Are you seeing it the same way? Yeah, I can, I can see it that way for sure. And it definitely stinks for fantasy owners, because if you're a fantasy owner of Austin Eckler, you had 26 points first week and you said, all right, this is going to be a great season. It's now you're kind of trying to pick up some new running backs to fill that talent. Cause I know a lot of people did choose him as their number one running back, which, I mean, as you should, he's super talented. However, it's going to stink this whole running back contract situation um, for fantasy. It's definitely going to be an issue. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, who, who do we have next? Jerome Ford, actually, and his shoulder injury. Yep. Yeah, so uh, limited in practice uh, yesterday. Not much information today I could find about what his status was. But um, he was able to play through this and well into the fourth quarter, despite the fact that they were winning pretty big this past weekend. So I think the limited status is probably just uh, them being uh, cautionary here and uh, getting them ready for this weekend. I don't think it's a huge deal. We should be able to see him play. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of info on it, but um, he wasn't on the injury report today either. So that's yeah, usually right. an indication that you practice in full. So yeah. I, I'm not really too worried about this. Fire up Jerome Ford. Uh, Danielle, what we got next? We have Gus Edwards concussion protocol. So Throw second straight, too, while you're at it, I'm sorry. Throw Justice Hill in there too. Oh, while yeah. You're at it. Yeah. So, uh, well, so f- uh, Edwards, uh, second straight day of full practice. So it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Clear concussion protocol. Um, Justice Hill is dealing with a turf toe issue, um, was limited in practice today and um, had to miss last week's game. So we'll see if this <sighs> limited um, participation is because he's not quite ready yet. Um not a lot of time to get ready for this weekend, so we might see him miss a second straight week with the hopes of him getting back week five. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think when I'm looking at Gus Edwards right now, I got him ranked around my RB30 range. If Justice Hill does not play, I'm not worried about the ghost of Melvin Gordon or the crap and handicapped person that is Canyon Drake at this point. So I'm going to probably be moving Gus Edwards up closer to that 24 range. Danielle, what do you think? Do you think Gus Edwards is an RB3 or a low an RB2? say he's an rb3 personally i think he has 
definitely a lot of potential, but he's been on the lower side of fantasy scoring for a while, except for week two against the Bengals. But I think that overall, I think as of right now, he's an RB3 for me, but I think by the end of the season, he'll move up to a low end RB2. All right. Who's our last running back? We have Jamal Williams, hamstring injury. Yeah, so um, he was actually placed on IR about a little less than a week ago, unfortunately. Uh, the only the only good thing coming out of this is that it's retroactive to his missed game three, uh, week three, I mean. So he will technically only miss three games going forward, not the full four because he already missed one. Um, so if that's any salvation there. Yeah, and, just, and that's more just an interesting side note for Alvin Kamara, who returns from suspension uh, this week, and how that is all going to play out yeah. when those two are actually on the field. So getting an idea of when that'll be. In the meantime, we're going to keep our eye on Kendra Miller, see what kind of role he carves out. But uh, ride the hot hand in Alvin Kamara. And I want to see what Kamara looks like physically, too. Does he look like he's back to where he was a couple of years ago, or does he look like he's slowly moving downward? Because what's going to happen is physically, I'm not seeing a guy that I like, knowing Jamal Williams is going to come back in a couple of weeks. Kamara could be somebody we're talking about as a sell-high candidate in the next couple of weeks. So that's why I need to watch this pretty closely. But uh, we can go ahead and get into the wide receivers next here. So- oh, <laughs> Danielle, who's our number one receiver? Jalen Waddle, concussion protocol. Yeah, so uh, the Dolphins announced today, actually, that he cleared concussion protocol uh, after his practice, so he should be good to go. <laughs> if you can't sell, I have Jalen Waddle in quite a number of leagues. I need him back immediately. <laughs> uh, uh, who we got next, Danielle? OBJ, ankle injury. Uh, not not very optimistic on this one. Um, he was absent at the media portion of practice both yesterday and today. He already missed all, practice all of last week and sat out this weekend's game. Um, I don't see him making a comeback anytime soon. We'll be lucky if we see him uh, back on the field next week at all. We'll, we'll have to see. Well, and, and throw in Rashad Bateman there for me, too, because then yeah. I have a question for Danielle. Yeah, so same thing with Bateman, actually. He's been out both days with this hamstring injury, uh, has not been reported at practice the last two days during the media portion. So uh, that equals trouble in my book. That could be a multi-week thing. So if OBJ's out, Rashad Bateman is out. Obviously, we got Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers, but somebody else is going to have to get into that pass-catching ring. Right now, that somebody else has been Nelson Aguilar. And I hate the name. This has been a flash in the pan before. But Danielle, if you're sitting there to flex and you're looking around and Nelson Aguilar is available, do you pull that trigger? Personally, no. As I, um, as I've been just, I, I can't even say hurt, but like I know who he is. And I understand while that like number one spot might be open or he might move up a few roles since there are some people hurt. I just know his talents and his abilities and it doesn't matter. He can be the number one guy on the field and it won't make a difference. He still won't be able to catch the ball. And I say this as a Patriots fan who's seen this firsthand. So personally, I will not be going anywhere near him. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Here's what I will say. DFS leagues, you want to take a shot on them? I'm okay with it in that format. I don't want to do it in my 10, 12 man leagues and redraft because Nelson Aguilar will screw you over. Like just when you think you can get something out of him, he will screw you over. Uh, who's our next receiver? We have, uh, let me make sure I didn't say point. Zay Jones and his knee injury. 
Oh, uh, Zay Jones. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's some type of knee sprain. They haven't really gone into the specifics of what ligament he injured. Um, he missed the week three matchup. They said originally it wasn't serious, but then he ended up missing. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. Now they're traveling to London this week to take the Falcons on. That's going to be a shortened week of practice and a lot of travel. So I don't see him suiting up for this weekend. I think that'd be foolish on their part to throw him out there with little preparation and um, all all this travel schedule around the UK game. So uh, I I anticipate that maybe we'll see him the following week, but it really is going to depend on what we see him do early next week in practice. I have to double check, but I don't even think he made the trip. Uh, He might not have. I mean, that'd be the wise thing to do would be leave him home. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I thought I saw something about Zay Jones not even bothering to make the trip over the UK. Uh, for, for The only thing I would say is why it would be worth it for him to go, Brian, is because they play in London again next week. They're there for two weeks. They're not coming right back. Now, a lot of times in those instances, they'll actually keep the guys back and let them work here in the medical staff and facilities here. Um, they're just more trusting and you know, more familiar with what's going on back here than rather than have them be in a foreign place and having to work out of a foreign uh, facility. So usually they'll, if he's going to play next week, they'll probably ship him over at some point, uh, a couple of days before the game. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't think about yeah. it that way. That's, that's a good point. I like that. With Zay Jones out of the way, we know that means definitely more snaps for Christian Kirk in particular, who when Zay Jones was healthy, was only playing in three, you know, three receiver sets, 11 personnel. Uh, but the Jaguars offense really hasn't looked all that great. Danielle, I'd love to get your take of why you think the Jaguars offense hasn't looked up to snuff. Because I went on a whole tirade about this last night. That's actually a really good question. I've been asking myself the same thing as they went from a really dynamic, really diverse offense last year to seemingly nowhere even close to that right now. And I don't know if that's specifically like having quarterback issues or for some reason, like just like they're not connecting as a team correctly. I'm not sure exactly who their offensive line is, but I mean, they don't either. I, That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say it doesn't Sounds like seem the Giants. Like functioning very well. So I think there's just a lot of questions. I think the offensive line is a huge part of it, though. But um, hopefully they figure something out because there's too much talent on that team for it just to go to waste. It's offensive line. And and go back, guys, and, and watch on our YouTube channel when I went on a whole thing about this yesterday. But it's it's offensive line. It's Press Taylor doesn't know his head from his ass. And that's basically what it boils down to. Uh, as the play, I don't know why Peterson's letting him call the plays. Peterson got something going towards the end of last season, got them moving in the right direction, had a nice rhythm to it. He turns the play calling over to Press Taylor, and now it's looking like the Urban Meyer show all over again. So I give it a week or two before we see Jack, before we see that change in Jacksonville. I think things will get better. Remember, they started off slow last year and got the ball rolling very similar situations to why now uh but brian as far as your offensive line comment at least in jacksville's case they didn't spend like four years of first round picks on offensive line yeah. and nothing to show for it fair enough <laughs> <laughs> that's it's a little rough there uh who's our next guy mike williams his knee yeah 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 tough break for him um you know he's been in the league now seven this is his i think sixth or seventh year um nearing the age of 30 now with an ACL tear, he'll be out for the year. Obviously big question is going to be, when can we expect them back? And, you know, due to the timing of everything, he could potentially be ready for the preseason, but my guess is they'll probably take him along a little slower and prepare him for week one next year, which I think is, uh, is realistic, but, uh, you know, obviously with these injuries, it really depends on what else structurally was injured, if anything inside that knee, and if it's going to complicate or delay the rehab at all. 
And it'll be interesting to see because that receiver room could get crowded next year. Uh, who's our next guy? Jonathan Mingo, concussion. Yeah, so he was limited in practice today. Um, so we'll have to see if he's able to ramp up his activity and participation tomorrow and get through that uh, and get it be able to be cleared. Yeah, not that we don't really care. Redraft leagues, you know, Dynasty, we're still looking at him, but redraft leagues, we're not really looking at Mingo anyway. So this, the next guy, I think, is actually a little more important here. Yeah. Jerry Judy is knee injury. Yeah, so he he did play week three, um, and that's after what looked like probably one of the worst hamstring injuries we've ever seen. Uh, got carted off the field. He went down like a ton of bricks. Um, and I thought for sure he, he'd miss more time than what he has. So kudos to him to bounce back. Um, I think we'll probably see him in a limited fashion going forward for at least a few more weeks. And I don't know if that necessarily means that he aggravated anything. It could just be them being cautious. He might still be somewhat sore after having played a full game. So uh, I wouldn't look too much into it. Um, I think we'll see him probably do this for at least another couple of weeks. Yeah, I think he's just going to be listed with something every week for a while, to, to your point, just just so he's not practicing in full capacity. Uh, I don't want to play Jerry Judy. I am still holding him on my roster, but because of this, I still have Cortland Sutton hanging around in my top 36 area as a wide receiver three, uh, as much as Russell Wilson's look. Oh, oh, oh. I like the Denver Broncos. They don't look like they've improved at all with Sean Payton. I don't, Daniel, do you think differently? Have you seen something differently than I have? No, not at all. I actually just, I don't want to watch them at all. You would think with no. Sean Payton that you'd just get like absolutely like way better. And the connection between Payton and Russell Wilson should be like incredible. You would think it's not. They yeah. got beat. They let Dolphins score 70 points on them. It gets really exciting when they play the Chicago Bears. It gets real exciting when they play the Chicago Bears. Just FYI. Just not a good Broncos team. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our last really receiver? Good. Puka Nakua and his oblique. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, listen, this dude just burst onto the scene, right? It's been like two uh, phenomenal weeks. He's a rookie, right? I think. Yeah. Um, this dude, if if he's not sitting out with an injury, and they're not going to sit him out with an injury, um, not especially not an oblique, which which you can play through. So they'll they'll treat him. He'll get rehabbed while he's uh in practice. He's not yet a superstar. He can't afford to sit out with an oblique strain. Not quite yet at this stage of his career. I don't really see this being a factor at all. He had a pretty good numbers again this past weekend. Uh, in order for him to make a, a name for himself and solidify his spot here in the NFL, he's going to have to play through some aches and pains, and this is going to be one of them. Yeah, he practiced in full today, too. So it sounds like he's getting over that injury quite a bit here. Uh, quick question to Danielle. When Cooper Cup comes back, does Puka Nakua go away? Does he take out? Does he carve out a role for himself still? What do you think? I don't think he goes away by any means. I think when Cup comes back, they're obviously going to try to treat him as the number one receiver because it's Cooper Cup for all means. But I think he has made such a big name for himself already. It's only been three weeks. You can't just take him out of your offense and just kind of let Cup do everything. And plus, what it seems like when Cup comes back, I don't think he's going to be 100% ready to go, ready to take all of those wide receiver one snaps. So I think um, they're definitely going to keep him around. It would be smart for them to keep him around because he's very talented. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who's our last player here? We have Tyler Higby and Achilles injury. Yeah, so apparently he just kind of popped up on the injury report all of a sudden so after this weekend and yeah. um, was absent from practice uh, Wednesday. So not quite sure uh, what's going on, if this is like a chronic thing that got aggravated or if this is like an acute type injury. Um, 
you know, they could just be playing it cautious here as we enter into the first quarter of the season here. You know, this, we're getting into the territory where guys don't necessarily need to be out there in full pads and stuff during practices each week, as long as they can prepare on game films and stuff and still get a little bit of conditioning time in um, during practices during the week. So I wouldn't look too much into it. However, um, I do expect to see him do something on the field during practice heading into the weekend before um saying with any confidence uh, that he's going to be in there versus going to be out. So pay attention to to what he does tomorrow. That's going to be real telling. You know, I, I think this kind of relieves your pain at the tight end because he's in that same tier of like guys you maybe want to stream as a back end tight end one and I don't really want to waste my time. So if I can get one less guy that I even have to think about, you know, I'm going to take that. Sometimes fantasy is about having less of a headache <laughs> to deal yeah. with. Uh, that's going to do it for our injury report. Brian is always just imperative. The information that you you give out here on, on the show and can't uh, can't appreciate it more than I do. Uh, what do you have coming up and where can people follow you right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, injurylist.com. We've got our weekly blogs that we put out there. Um, you got to sign up to get the information now. We're starting to get into more important uh, timelines and timeframes here. So I can't just be giving that stuff out for free anymore, unfortunately. But don't worry. It doesn't cost much, if anything at all. Uh, so check out the website. You can follow the blog there um, and sign up on that. And uh, Twitter at uh, injurylistpod is where I provide most of my injury updates throughout the week. Um, feel free to reach out to me with any questions or take a look at my posts and you'll get some information there too. Yeah, 100%. Make sure you guys check out Brian. It's definitely worth it. It's how you get the edge in today's day and age with a bunch of information is knowing how these injuries are going to react and being ahead of the curve there. Uh, Danielle, what are you up to over there? You got your internship going on? Oh, oh yeah. What aren't I up to over here? We got new internships, so you can follow me on Twitter at Danielle Dubois for all the New England updates now. Not Atlanta. And we have a new, our debate show starts up again next week. So we'll be debating all things football. So you can hear more of my opinions on there. And yeah, I'll be tweeting out all the links on my Twitter. So make sure to follow me. Make sure you give her a follow too. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to have Chaz Florida Sports Betting Weekly to talk about some lock bets of the week. So stay tuned right after this. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Welcome back into the show, everybody, with the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and joined here now with the man of the hour from Sports Betting Weekly, Mr. Chaz Fulardi. Chaz, how are we doing today, man? Where's Christopher? I, I Well, so I just, I, I it was my mistake. I forgot to send him the link. I literally just sent him to a few minutes ago. Hopefully, he'll be here any minute. <laughs> I You almost went solo because I just had one of those days, and... It was 10 of, and, and I really forgot what happened is I had to redo my whole computer system, so all my passwords are gone. I had to, you know, reset everything. <laughs> I had to reinstall shit on. It was a nightmare. But uh, but I remembered. I remember. 
Good job. It's, I even I brushed my teeth. <laughs> I mean, I had, I gave myself enough time to brush my teeth. <laughs> a man who remembers his passwords is uh, that's always an achievement in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been doing pretty good, I think, Chaz, so far with our picks, especially last week. Was I was sick to my stomach, though. I mean, oh, I know. I, I, I really say to myself. That's the one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to lose a bet and be sick to my stomach. I'd rather not bet it and pick something else. And I just didn't listen to myself last. So I had all these winners. All the circles were W's. Then the one we we bet on the parlor was an L. I yeah. yeah. I know. It just, oh, it just, yeah. We'll see if we can keep it going. Right, today, so but... last week you confused me. I, I have, I get my printout that goes by the board, right? So it's in the numbers by the board. Um, so you were bouncing around pretty quickly on me last week. I was struggling. So I tried to, I tried to spread it out. So I got like the 16 games over four pieces of paper. This way I have it in front of me. I can write on it. Um, so yeah, just go slow when you tell me the game so I can find it. Okay. No problem. I can slow it down for you, old guy. I can slow it down. No wrong with being old. <laughs> being old is better than being dead. Do not forget that. 100%. Uh, all right. So let's get into our first game. Well, here. here's, a, here's a highlight. Here's the highlight that's going on right now. Detroit's 11 and 2 in their last 13 games. Yeah. 11 and 2. Clean here, in the clock. I, got, I did some highlights, Dan, because. These are tens and nines and twelves. So these are things that have happened. It's it's week four. These are tens and twelves, nines, tens, and twelves. That's how long these things have been happening. Hey, there he is. We got Chris in here. Chris, sorry, buddy. That was that was my bad. I totally forgot to send you the link there earlier today. <laughs> how you doing, man? Trying to cut me out. <laughs> never, 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 never. All right. Well, you're just in time. So we can get into our first game. It is the London game. So it's going to be early in the morning, people. So just FYI, I got to put an alert out there. Whatever the case may be, hit the alarm button. Make sure your fantasy lineups are set Saturday night if you have people playing in that game on Sunday morning. Okay, everyone knows the infamous, you know, Avakamara of it all. Where he's supposed to play, and then all of a sudden, it was super early in the morning. You get ruled out, and people woke up and were like, what the hell? Why is Avakamara inactive in my lineup? So just not that we have any issues like that going into this week in this particular matchup, but just see now sure that right that. there is a reason to be a soccer fan. Because if you're a soccer fan in California, you're up that time anyway. I was gonna say, Chaz, this is a game that you wake and bake for. No, no, no well, here's the thing this game ain't worth anything good. <laughs> if you got a stash that you don't get, you know, for you and not your necessarily your your friends or your kids. My kids sometimes will steal my butts. Uh, yeah, this is not the game for because this game is ugly. Not, not to get too much of a tangent, though, but in November, I am going to be in Thailand, and I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to coordinate that 12-hour swing that I'm going to be on for two weeks. A so, a yeah. Asian trips are tough, man. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. It's going to be, especially when I'm trying to do some shows with, with Chris and the boys. It's, 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 it's going to be interesting. Uh, all right. So let's get into this. We do have the London game. We got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are minus three in this game over under at 43. Now, Chaz, I know you have a whole international thing, but at this point, isn't London kind of just Jacksonville's home field? <laughs> yeah. And, and again, um, just because the game's in London, that, that, the excitement of London, and then now they're talking about Brazil. I'm going to Brazil in December, so I'll, I'll pay attention to that. But the bottom line is these games have lost that uh, 
pizzazz. They got to have good football too, and 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 though sometimes they're good games, these two teams they just don't look good. No, they they don't. Uh, I, if I'm going to pick here. I am. I actually do feel okay about Jacksonville minus three. Atlanta just doesn't have firepower right now, especially if they can't control the game with the running game. They just they have no answer. I don't know, Chris. How you see it any differently? Maybe the over under at forty three. Yeah, this is a tough game. I think this is definitely a pick one. Yeah, I think it's definitely a pick em game. I'm a little bit scared about the scoring. I think it could be – we've seen a lot of low-scoring games in, in England, uh, a.k.a. Jacksonville's too. Uh, but I think like this is definitely a game that could go the under. I just don't really like this game in general. As Chaz kind of alluded to, this is going to be an uglier game. Both teams are kind of struggling offensively right now, so the, the under maybe is something I'm looking at. I'm going to mention to Chris because he was – uh, late to the show that I mentioned that I have some highlights and these are numbers that are so much bigger than four. We're in week four and all these numbers are much bigger than four. Atlanta in the first half is one and 11 against the spread for the game. They allow 21, 21 or less though, in eight of nine on the road, they score 18 or less in nine and seven of seven. So those are all into last year. I would like the under here too. Yeah, 143. All right, let's go. To, uh, we got another four, uh, 43 over under, actually, with the Washington Commanders taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. But in this one, the Eagles are favored at minus nine points. Uh, the divisional games, when you have big spreads, they weird me out a little bit because this is always a time where certain teams play up, some teams play down. It's always a little bit more tight. I actually think Washington could wind up covering the plus nine, believe it or not, even though the Eagles are definitely the superior team in this just because we have a divisional matchup and it's expected to be low scoring. When you get low scoring, they don't always necessarily get those blowouts. I don't know. That's the way I'd be leaning, but it's not a game in which I would be throwing a full unit on, maybe a quarter unit, and that's not kind of how I'm looking at this thing. What do you think, Chaz? Well, these all these are mark. These are all looking over all this data stuff. So it says Washington has allowed more points, same or more points, four straight games. They've scored twenty plus in five of five on the road. Philly is allowing twenty or less in four of five. That defense is really good. They're scoring twenty five plus in three of three, and at home they've scored more every game uh, this year. The la- no, the last three. This is home. The last three. So you know that uh, that Philly defense is pretty good. No, if they, show, if they show up, you know, things change. It, it definitely is. Chris, do you think the Eagles just wipe the floor of them, cover, or no? I think they're going to cover. I don't know what their floor. I mean, maybe a little closer because they're a division game. But overall, I look at the talent in both these teams. And it's, you know, it's in their front seven. The Eagles, obviously, they'll be able to get past rush, able to kind of generate a lot of problems. And for Washington, that's been a problem all season for them. When they, their offense line is not good, they have not been able to pass protect very well. With Sam Houston's face pressure, we saw what happened last week, four interceptions. Taking an Eagle offense that hasn't really found a stride either and still scoring kind of at will. So I think this Eagle team can cover. How about this one? Even though the Dolphins scored 70 points last week, they are going in the Buffalo as underdogs. The Bills are favored here at minus two and a half. The over-under is the highest of the week at 54. I find that kind of interesting. And you know what? I'm cashing the under in this game. These are two pretty decent defenses. These aren't nonchalant defenses here. And I think Miami, it's one of those things where you come off a high-scoring week and you're like, oh, you know what? It's actually quite a bit tougher when we play a defense that's not getting knocked on their butts every every play here. So I think this actually game might go under here in a tough divisional matchup in Buffalo. If it was in Miami, I think I'd take the over. In Buffalo, it makes me want to take the under. So I'm actually going to cash the under here. Chaz, what do you think? Yeah, Miami is 6-1 against the spread. 
Last year, these two teams played twice, of course, a division game, as you mentioned. The, the final combined score was Buffalo 51, Miami 50. So, you know, that's those those are unders, right? Those are probably yeah. unders. You know? Most likely. Um, on the road, Miami's 4-0 against the spread. They scored 24 and 4 straight. Buffalo's 4-1 against the spread at home. They've scored 32-plus and 5 of 6. The over is 5-1 and when Buffalo... Uh, that's overall. When Buffalo's at home, it's over 5-1 and one in their last six. Here's an 11 out of 12, Chris. 11 out of 12 times this has happened. They've scored 27 or more at home. In the second half, they scored 11 plus and 5 of 5. So 11 out of 12. Think about that. Yeah. No, that's not, like, but that goes back the other way. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? What do you make of this game here? Yeah, I understand your kind of trepidation and also the you know the kind of logic of sometimes offenses might come out a little flatter versus when they just came off a huge game that they had. But this Dolphins team's matched up well with the, you know this build team, especially last year. Chaz alluded to, I believe Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater sort of one of those games for the Dolphins. I think it was Thompson. Was yeah. kind of, what'd you say? I think it was Thompson. Yeah, and they still was able to you move the ball pretty at will, and this offense was able to kind of get the ball up and down the field. So I actually like the over more in this game. I, I understand trepidation; it could be something a little scary if it rains in Buffalo. Maybe it's a different story, but I think as of right now, both these offenses are kind of able to do what they want. Defenses are a little underrated, but both linebacking crews are something you can attack. Both routine, um, <clears throat> sorry, both corners got big plays, so I do think this big game can go over. You know, it's Keep funny because that that division, depending on when those New York area teams have to go to Miami, it's great. Sometimes it's it's you know bad when Miami has to go there in the winter time. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Keep 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 your eyes on that weather report though, because it, it it is looking like it could be some rain here in Buffalo in the Northeast on Sunday. Potentially, we, we're still early in the week yet. We'll find out, but definitely keep your eye on the weather report. That could be an issue. Uh, let's go to our next game, and it is my first lock them in of the night. Lock them in. It's a lock. Minnesota's going to get their win. The line is minus four and a half over the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback. That's all I needed to see to lock in Minnesota at minus four and a half against Carolina. It's all I needed. I know the Carolina Panthers offense is going to have a cap on it now. The over-under is 46 and a half going into this game. Minnesota, who was winning all of their one-score games last year, has lost three one-score games. This is the week they get their first win, and they cover, in my opinion, against the inferior team. Chaz, what do you think? Well, I talked about this game with Paolo just today because we're doing a, a, a pick em pool, but it's a, no points involved. So we went with Minnesota, but they're 1-6-1 and one against the spread. Carolina's 1-3-1 and one against the spread. They both allow points. Neither of them can score. It's ugly football. There's really about eight Minnesota really ugly football here. teams right now. No, it is. Minnesota's putting up points. They're not. No, they're yeah, not that's true. Okay. They, they're just ugly. They're ugly. Yeah, <laughs> they are ugly. Chris, what, what do you think? Minnesota gets off the skid. Do they cover? I do. I have to give the chat. It's definitely an ugly football season in general. There's a lot of ugly football out there. But I do think the Vikings have the prettier team in a sense. And as you alluded to, Dan, the omen for me was Bryce Young is going to probably be playing this game, which means the offense will go back to being putrid for Carolina, which means Minnesota can outscore this team. I like Minnesota to cover that's terrible 
Uh, let's get on to our next one here. It is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Didn't quite make my lock them in pick, but I am definitely looking to play a ticket here on the Cincinnati Bengals covering on the road at minus two and a half. The over under at 40 and a half. Joe Burrow practicing in full today. Sounds like he's actually heading in the right direction. And if they, if the Bengals come out and just with the same game plan they had against the Rams, they apply that to the Tennessee Titans. I see no reason why they don't take care of business because right now the Titans cannot stop anyone's passing attack at all, period. So, Chaz, what do you see for this game? Well, this one is funny because Tennessee has scored 22 or less in 9 of 10. Again, that's a long time. But they both played Cleveland this year, right? And Cincinnati lost 24 to 3, while Tennessee lost 27 to 3. That three-point difference is bigger than this spread, so I like Cincinnati. Okay. I like how you put that together there. That was interesting. Chris, what do you got? I like the logic, Chad. That's probably where I can come up with. Maybe he's coming up with that kind of logic. Because otherwise, I think this is a flip a coin game. I don't think you can really guess what you can get for Cincinnati. I think it's you know great Joe Burrow is supposed to be trending in the right direction. Does that mean he can throw the ball more than five yards down the field? I don't know. I think you can't have this Tennessee. Well, maybe not, but I also think on the other side, what you saw them, you know, they struggled offensively in that first half, really pathetically versus the Rams. They were able to run the ball in the second half, which got the offense going again. Can you run versus Tennessee? I think that's going to be the key. I think the line of scrimmage is going to be the key again, and I think this this is a Tennessee I must win game. Tennessee's going to be one of those teams I think goes off and on each week. I think they might show up this week, and I think they've been, that's why I think to pick them game. Well, I mean, the two minus two and a half. That's that's as close to a pick'em that's not a pick'em yet as you could possibly get to. So, uh, not wrong there, kind of in line with Vegas. Then we got another minus two and a half line. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Houston Texans in this one, a forty-two and a half over under. They are not my underdog pick of the week, but I do like Houston to actually win this game outright. I'm not impressed with Pittsburgh at all. I've been on the record saying that consistently. I'm still not impressed with the defense. I do think this will be a close game. Uh, but right now, Houston is impressing me, and they're catching people off guard. And I think they catch the Steelers off guard with how much they can attack their secondary in this matchup. And the Steelers' offense plays right into the hands of the Houston Texans because they play a high school-level offense, which is exactly what the Houston Texans can just take away right now. So I just think the Texans win this game outright, in my opinion. Chaz, what do you got? Well, remember last week, I was shocked they had scored 20 points the week before. They beat that. I mean, Pittsburgh allows 18 or less, though, in 8 of 10. They're 6-1 and one against the spread on their last seven however listen to these uh road comments 24 or less than 12 of 12 they have not in the last 12 games on the road which is definitely more than a year uh, yeah scored more than 24 points they allow 18 or less than five of their last five on the road they're five and oh against the spread houston does allow points at home um yeah i wouldn't bet houston here okay okay chris can you break the tie here what do you think yeah, I want to pick Houston, and I'm with you. I think I'm not a believer in Pittsburgh, but I think Mike Tomlin wins these kinds of games, so I'm going to have to pick with Pittsburgh as well. I think D'Amico Marines could be the new Mike Tomlin. I don't know. I think, no, I think let's make sure we're clear in case you know, this gets recorded at any point. I didn't say I'm betting Pittsburgh. No, I, I said I, no, I can't bet Houston. There really <laughs> isn't. Every week, though. I mean, we, you know, there was weeks. Remember, I had 11 and 2 week. I don't even like 13 of these games. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's, there's it's not presented. a ton of value this week. It really, really and it was the same last week. It seemed like there's just about six or seven games. The other 10, 
you know what? I, I watched, yeah, watched the BC Lions. You keep giving me Jacksonville and Houston and Texas. Well, the problem is the Lions, too. Vegas is doing a pretty good job with these lines, and you got some ugly performing football yeah. so far because no one actually plays in the preseason. It makes it hard to kind of figure out how to handicap these games. I am enjoying the watching the Survivor guys just fly off the handle, right? Every week, another 22% of them are gone. <laughs> Uh, this game's actually no different than what we're talking about. We got the Baltimore Ravens going into Cleveland. Cleveland's a minus three favorite because they're at home. The over-under, again, is in the low 40s, 40 and a half. This is always kind of a slobber knocker kind of divisional game to boot anyway. You got two offenses that aren't really clicking. You have two uh, – the best thing about this game is the Cleveland Browns defense. That's the best thing about this game, the best unit right now. For that reason, I am going to take the Cleveland Browns to cover at minus – is three. So that's how I'm looking at this. Chaz, what do you got? It says here uh, they played three times. The last three times they played, so this would be the easy sports data. So it's the two last year and the one matchup. So it was the one game the year before where Baltimore was at Cleveland. 22 to 24, 23 to 20, 13 to 3. You're right. This division, they're all, all we talked about with Buffalo, Miami. This division specifically for years, since we've had our show, at least 10 years. They are just games are tight. They are just tight games. Yeah. Chris, how you see in this game? Yeah, I think it's definitely leaning toward Pickham as well. If I were to bet on this game, I'd bet on the Browns as well, Dan. I think the defense is definitely legit. I think the matchups for this Cleveland from sorry for this Baltimore offense is going to be kind of harder to match up with. They are getting healthier on the offensive line, so it'll be kind of you know beneficial. But as Chaz alluded to, neither offense is kind of clicking. And as a result, you see this Cleveland defense be able to take over games. I haven't seen the Ravens defense quite beat the same level. It hasn't been there. Also banged up in their secondary. So I'm going to go with Cleveland. I'm picking on this. I'll tell you right now, if there's a, if they're in this game right now, here's a sports betting weekly tip. If there's a quick score, somebody does something stupid, throws an interception, fumbles, whatever, bet the under because it'll go up. And this, this could be a 17 to six final. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans saints. It's minus three and a half. The saints at home, the 39 and a half over under is the, yes, the lowest over under of the week in this matchup. Jameis Winston's going to be quarterbacking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, I'm I'm sorry, for the New Orleans Saints going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and his old team with a quote-unquote revenge-ish game, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any revenge getting taken out of here whatsoever. Uh, (laughs) Give me the Saints at home. They're a tougher team at home. Tampa Bay doesn't play them very well in New Orleans to begin with, so I will take the Saints minus three and a half. I'm not going to touch the over or the under in that one. It seems about right. I don't think we're going to see a lot of points being scored, quite frankly. Uh, Chaz, what do you got in this game? Anything? This any game is my play of the week. Oh, here we go. Team total under on Tampa Bay. Okay. Talk about numbers. Listen to this number. On the road, for the last nine times on the road, Tampa Bay has not scored more than 20 points. Then, in the first half, they allow 10 or less in nine straight. This is New Orleans. And overall, in the game, they've allowed 20 or less than 11 straight. So I'm taking New Orleans, but I'm my best bet of the week is the under in the Tampa Bay game. And that's the same thing. Tampa Bay takes the opening drive and scores. I'm betting it again. I'm going to keep betting the under. Because the bottom line is if I go 5-2 and two and I win money, I'll, I'm happy. I'll jump on that with you, Chaz, because I need something that I actually believe in for this game. <laughs> Chris, what do you got in this one? 
Yeah, I'm going to ride the curtails on that one as well because this is going to be a hard watching game, I think, overall. Look, I like James Winston, and I've always wished he got a chance to kind of shine, but this offensive line for the Saints is really, really bad. It's in the Bay <laughs> kind of gets blitzes, brings the blitz. It's going to be ugly football on both sides. This could be really, really the under as Chaz alluded to be something might might just be throwing. And, and under, unders really are under. You look today, right? The first, the early in the drive with Green Bay, they got a pick, right? And if you got the 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 under, you're saying, oh, you know, they held them to a field goal, and Detroit ended up getting the over by themselves. But but once you get to halftime, like if you got a team total under, and you get to halftime, and they've only got three or six, now you're ahead of the curve. Now it's pretty cool because you got a touchdown to give, and they don't look like they could score a touchdown. Yeah, no, not, not at all right now. Alvin Kamara at least comes back, so maybe something will give with that, but we'll have to keep our eyes on it. It's still not looking pretty. Uh, this game's not looking pretty either. We got the Rams taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Rams are actually favored on the road, minus one. The over-under set at 46. Again, this is not my underdog pick of the week, but I am taking the Colts outright with the return of Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. I actually think they can do enough to frustrate this Rams team with the RPO action and the Rams offense just it hasn't really looked great even though it's a good matchup against the Col- a bad Colts defense I just I don't think they're gonna be able to do enough I think the Colts actually squeak one out here so I'm taking the Colts to win this game outright Chaz what do you got the Rams have gone under in four of their last five they've allowed 19 or less in three of three and they've scored 16 or less in five of six that's an awful long time to go not scoring points Indy has scored 21 plus in four of four they have allowed less in five straight games they are 0 and four against the spread at home in the half of the in the first half they scored 10 or less in nine of ten and for the first half they are one and nine against the spread in their last 10 at home. Okay, so I got, we got some angles we can hit on there. Chris, we got in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have a lot of conviction in this game either, Dan. I think this is a game that could definitely pick them. If I'm going to go with a game that a team that I'm going to pick, I'd go with the Rams. I hear we have the Colts, and I think the Colts can definitely pull this game out. The front four is going to be hard for the Rams to kind of deal with, but I think you can attack this secondary on the Colts' fours on the outside with the speed. I think there's enough things that Sean McVay can do versus zone defense to get it going. So I do like this. It's, uh, if I'm picking on this game, I'd pick the Rams. But I'm not feeling really strongly about that. Okay, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, what about we got a strong feeling of the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears? Uh, the Broncos right now going into Chicago after giving up 70 points are still favored at a field goal. Minus three, the over-under at 46.5. That's how bad the Bears team is is that Denver can give up 70 and still be favored on the road in this matchup. <laughs> and uh, not that I'm going to do it with any conviction, but I'm going to take the Broncos to cover because <laughs> Chicago looks like a dumpster fire, even more so than Denver does. Chaz, what do you think? If you bet against Chicago, every single time they played for the last 11 times, you have hit the two-teamer twice with them in the over because they allow 25 or more in 13 straight games. Now, we know Denver could put up 20. Right. We know they could put up 20. So uh, can the Bears put up 20? Uh, not not, not right now. No, not with the way they're playing. Although, if they're going to do it, it'd be the team that just gave up 70. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> I do have conviction in this game, Dan, and oh. I understand it seems like on paper that it should be you know, maybe a pick them. This is Denver. I'm hammering Denver. I'm betting on this. I, I think Chicago, as Chaz alluded to, hasn't won in over a year. It's so what 12 games straight that Justin Fields has lost. And 
just look, you can say what you want about Sean Payton. You can talk about him being overrated, but we all will all agree he's way better of a coach than anything standing on Chicago sidelines. Even Vance Joseph could be a better they coach. They have really. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. So I think I'm this not is a, definitely a Denver game. I'm not a Justin Fields fan or anything. I'm not a Bears fan. I'm just a football guy, but I, I see mismanagement of a player when it's right in front of me. Oh, and it yeah. seems like from the get-go. They have mismanaged and Miami, Miami went the other way. Miami said, Hey, we gotta we gotta do something because this guy's first of all gonna get killed on national TV. Uh and and I don't think they, they're doing that in Chicago, and I don't know if they can. No, that's what Chicago well, what you does. can appreciate Chaz. Like I said, what you can appreciate Chaz is being a Chargers fan and watching a defensive coordinator who can't coordinate a defense, and that's what's going on in Chicago as well. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, 100% getting uglier and uglier by the second. So we're locking in Denver there. Uh, let's go with the uh, the Raiders and the Chargers game. It actually looks like Jimmy Garoppolo could be the first player this year who could play after being uh, brought in to be evaluated for concussion the following week because there has that hasn't happened yet so far this season. Garoppolo might be the first one because he was back in practice again today, expected to clear concussion protocol. So that's good for the overall wellness of this game. The Chargers right now, minus five and a half. Uh, I I do think they take care of business at home against the Raiders who just have no defense at the moment. I am going to go ahead and cash the chargers at minus five and a half. The only thing to screw it up, of course, is Brandon Staley being a moron, which is always a wild card factor. But I do think they take care of business here against the Raiders. Chaz, what do you got for this game? Well, we know the chargers are going to score. And as Chris alluded to, can they stop anybody? That's the question. So, you know, I, I would not bet the Raiders. Would you bet the over-under? Because the over-under, I think, is actually... I don't trust the Raiders. I don't trust the Raiders. I don't like the Raiders. I don't trust the Raiders. Especially as this Is Hoyer going to play, Dan, or is Jimmy G playing? Because that's going to be the key for me. It looks like it's going to be Jimmy G. That's why I think they they can both... Both these teams can put up points. I still like the Chargers. Just... Oh, I still like the Chargers to cover. I was just talking about the over-under in the sense of like a 48 and a half over-under. I still like the Chargers to cover a five and a half. That's actually one of my – I should have hit it. It's one of my – I mean, could the Chargers, could the Chargers um, put up a, a lot of points? You know, yeah, they can, but, you know, they got some – they got the injuries. And Mike Williams gets hurt. Like you know, your buddy said, Mike Williams gets hurt every year. I mean, yeah. poor guy. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but – this year, though, they actually have weapons to compensate for the fact that Mike Williams is hurt. That's, What's that's the over-under right now? 48 and a half. That's a, that's a tough, yeah. It's, it's a, a good, good number. number. Vegas, good number. Uh, as, as Chaz always says, Vegas is on. Like I, That's those, that's one of those like Satan-tempting apples right there. Like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I am going to take the Chargers minus five and a half. Uh, all right, so Red delicious compliments of uh, <laughs> Hades. <laughs> What about the biggest spread of the week, which is the San Francisco 49ers minus 14 against the visiting Arizona Cardinals. The over-under on that one is 44. I want to take the 49ers to cover. The Cardinals have been impressive as far as they've been scrappy with the talent they've had. Of course, you know, impressive that they beat the Dallas Cowboys last week in an almost similar spread there. But San Francisco just doesn't take me as a team that's going to be a letdown the way the Cowboys did. I don't know. That's just me. I think the 49ers actually do cover at minus 14 here, even with the big spread, even in a divisional game. Chaz, what do you think? Well, first of all, this is personal. Arizona is personal now. Okay. They, you know, we, we just had a relationship. I was a better. They were a team. That's all it was. <laughs> now it's personal. And all, all San Francisco does is put up 30 points. 
That's all they do every single game. So listen to this head to head. They've been the last three games, of course, this is the divisional rivalry. So when I say the last three games, I mean the last two last year and the last two at this location. 107 to 40 was the score. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that means they're going to cover. I, 107 <laughs> to 40. That's divided by three games. That's a lot of points to spread around. <laughs> Uh, it definitely is. Hey, uh, Chris, you want to help me out with this uh, question here? And uh, just, just so you're up to date. Yeah. David Montgomery's like 19 carries. Jameer Gibbs is four. And I think he has four catches for 11 yards. Um, God, I help. help I, I think you definitely hold on to Gibbs. I, this is kind of the usage that you're not help, helpful or excited for this week, of course. But you just saw him carry 20, the ball 20 times or have him with 28 touches last week. I think that's more what you're seeing results of. They're not going to overdo this kid. They kind of made that known from the beginning of the season. So I don't think he's going to be somebody you're going to see featured yet. But it's not something I'm getting rid of either. He's still a tremendous talent. Once they get more comfortable with him in pass pro, you will start to see him get more of those dump down targets of Jared Goff and playing in those situations more often. I think that that's the only thing really holding him back right now. He's not going to outcarry Dave Montgomery. That was never going to be a thing. Chris and I, we talked about that all summer long, and that was never going to be a thing. But he will get to the point where he is a pass-catching option and a great one at that in half-point and full-point PPR leagues especially. But they have to trust him in pass pro. It might still be a few more weeks before that happens. I just probably wouldn't be planning on starting Gibbs anytime soon, or at least until I see it anyway. Uh, let's get back to our games here. We got the Patriots taking on the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus six-and-a-half favorites. It's the over-under of 43-and-a-half. It is in Dallas. Do they bounce back? The Pagers are an offense that they can't put up a lot of points. And the Dallas Cowboy defense, I do think it was a kind of a circumstantial thing where Diggs had just gotten hurt a couple days before. I think that did have a mental effect on them. I think ultimately the Pagers are not able to score enough points for Dallas not to cover in this game. So I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys bouncing back and covering at minus 6-and-a-half. Chaz, what do you think? Before they beat the Jets... They were on a one and eight streak in New England. Now, beating the Jets isn't something you like you put on your resume, right? It's just something you had to do because they're on your schedule. Dallas is a totally, yeah, yeah. Dallas is a totally different team at home, too. Yeah, they are. They are a totally different team. Chris, do you see this the same way or no? I do not, Dan. I I um I think Dallas can win this game, but I think the Patriots are gonna give them everything that they want. I think this is a bad matchup for Dallas in general. One of the things that I saw last week, and we talked about this before, Dallas's defense is Diggs was definitely a kick in the throat, but they're not they're not a good run defense. That's what the 49ers exposed in the playoffs last year. That's what they consistently get exposed against the Eagles. They can't stop the run versus physical teams. And this is a team that I think can out physical them. So I'm a little nervous for the Patriots after watching what the Patriots were able to do to that Jets defense. And I think Dallas's offense, to your point, is kind of struggling. So I think the Patriots are keep this close and maybe only pull it out. I like the team total for Dallas over in this game because it is a lot of points. Okay. Well, I'll just see how that plays out. We got my next lock them in bet of the week here. Lock them in. It's a lock. Kansas City Chiefs minus 10 over the New York Jets. The Jets haven't scored more than 10 points since Zach Wilson has become the starting quarterback. I don't think they do it here. I think the Chiefs cover easily and take care of business on Sunday night in front of Taylor Swift. Uh, Jess, what do you think here? Kansas City on the road in the second half in their last 10 is 1-9. and nine, uh, No, Kansas City for overall, second half, 1-9 against the spread. 
for the game, they're only allowing 21 or less in the last four. On the road, four straight, they've allowed the same points or less. The Jets at home, no, Jets overall, one and six against the spread, under a seven and one. Uh, they scored 10 or less in five or six. There you go. <laughs> There's your number. They allowed 23 or less, so in seven of the last eight. And they've allowed 20 or less at home in six straight games. Kansas City is not scoring points. That that win that first week, or the second week, right? They won 19 yeah. to six or something. I, I think that's how they're going to win here for a little bit. No, you could do that against the Jets and still cover the 10 points. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Kirsty sees any differently. I think they're definitely going to cover. And Chaz, you, you haven't put this into your books. They're scoring 40 when Taylor Swift's in, in the building. So, I think <laughs> well, that's no, that's true. That Very good point. See. Very good point. <laughs> The Swifties will be in full force on Sunday night. It's already confirmed she's going to be there for that game. So uh, over, we need to get some over-unders on how many times they cut. Well, you know what? They're 33, right? They're 33 years old. When you get to be 33 and you find someone that's even decent to fit your lifestyle and what you want, man, you grab onto them. And if one of them has money, it's good. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> They're set. These two are going to have a lot of fun living life large. Look, Taylor Swift has enough money to buy the Chiefs. Okay, so there's a little bit of a discrepancy between those two. Um, all right, so let's get to our Monday night action here. And this is my underdog pick of the week. Oh, I'm, I'm actually saying here this line might have flipped. But when I, when I was picking this game, Seattle was actually the underdog at plus one against the New York Giants. Now it's... It does look like this might have flipped to being the Giants plus one, Seattle minus one. But still, the fact that they're making this a pick em game, this isn't just my underdog pick of the week. This is my lock pick of the week. This will be my parlay pick for us later today. I, I can't, I cannot fathom. I, didn't, I know they're traveling from West to East Coast, Seattle, that is. Uh, I get it. But I cannot fathom a scenario, especially when we don't know about Saquon Barkley playing, where the Giants really are neck and neck with the Seattle Seahawks right now. Can't can't even fathom it how that would be in the Vegas thing. So I'm definitely taking Seattle to win this game. I teased it up to minus two and a half, and they've got great odds there. Definitely my lock pick of the week. Chaz, what do you think? Yeah, it says here, overall in the second half, Seattle 6-1 against the spread. You guys may not know this, but I... Tend to focus on second halves a little. Uh, they, for the game, they've allowed 27 plus in three of three, so that's pretty much this season. They allow 21 plus in 10 of 10 on the road. 10 of 10, and the overs are seven and three in that time. New York Giants overall allow 28 plus in three of three. The overs are three and three at that point. And in the first half, their overs have been five of five. So I'm, I'm thinking some points could be scored. Chris, what do you think, man? Like, what do you make it? Yeah, I like Seattle. I think this is definitely a good lock, I'm Dan. I don't know. I'm not sure what this. Maybe it's still like the Geno Smith hatred or something. I'm not really understanding. And those Seattle's really banged up, but who cares? The Giants are pathetic as an offense and defensively. They've been struggling. The they can blitz all they want. It actually plays into Seattle's hands. I similar to how the 49ers were able to beat them. The Seattle do the same kind of you know, attack them offensively. So I think this is Seattle covering this game for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, so that's all of our matchups. We got some winners in there. Uh, I do have my lock player prop bets brought to you by Parlay Plays. Make sure you hit our link in our description below or on our social media accounts, and you can sign up and get $100 a match with an extra $5 bonus when you go to make your next player prop 
bets with parlay plays. So check them out there. My lock player props for this week, Justin Herbert over 284 and a half passing yards. He's been over that mark two of the last three. The Raiders have given up the 10th most passing yards so far. Eckler still may not play, which means it'll be even more on Justin Herbert's shoulders to go down the field. Uh, Brock Purdy, over 224 and a half passing yards this week. Cardinals have given up the ninth most passing yards so far this season. Purdy coming off a 300 yard performance against the New York Giants. And I think this is also the week we start to see some Javante Williams life. I'm taking over at 50 and a half against the Chicago Bears, who have given up the ninth most rushing yards to the running backs so far this year. And I think the Broncos, after last week, we might see them make a little bit more of a commitment to the run. I think Williams finally gets the 15 plus carries in this game on top of it. So I am taking the over on him there. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, not bad. The only one I'm a little nervous for you on is the Chargers game. I know that Herbert's been you know, accepting really well, played really well, but it's going to depend on can the Raiders keep it close because most of those games that he threw over a lot of yards is because they're trying to keep the game. The Dolphins game, you know, going back and forth. Vice the Vikings are going back and forth. For the Raiders, do you really have to keep going back and forth with my own curiosity? Well, I think that was the key of Jimmy Garoppolo playing. This wasn't actually my lock player until I heard today that Garoppolo was practicing and was going to play. So I, I think with Garoppolo playing, they'll be able to keep this game close enough where the Chargers will have to stay aggressive all four quarters. So that, that, that was a big key for me, for sure. I read the Javante Williams one real quick. Just I thought that was a really good play because he was on his way to getting over that last week until you know basically the game got <laughs> to the on plot. Um, yeah. So I think it's a good play. <laughs> Chaz, I, I, well, I was saying that I, you know, I, I write down your guys' plays, and so I remember last week specifically looking at him. Must have been Monday, right? Probably Monday. And I'm thinking, how the hell did he not hit the Mahomes prop? If you look at the score, you got to think that's a winner all day long. And then you, I think your one of your running backs was like a yard, or it might even have been a push, or a half. You you might have lost by the hook. Yeah. On a prop, that's not fair. <laughs> it was it was definitely it was dj moore he had 41 receiving yards he didn't go over 41 and a half yeah it was, yeah you lost by the hook on a freaking prop <laughs> that's the that's the that apple chris that's the apple right there baby <laughs> satan's putting worms on our food <laughs> That was that was not nice at all. All right, so uh, like I said, Seattle's my parlay pick for the week. Chris, what's yours? I'm going Broncos for sure. What's the what's the Seattle? That's the spread. Seattle, it just flips. So Seattle's actually minus one now. They were plus one. Now they're minus one. And then Denver's minus three. That's what Chris is going with. He's taking them as a lock to. Yeah, I want I want to say thanks, guys, because what I what, by by going through all this stuff, I really had a I'm having a good year because I'm just kind of circling stuff and and looking at what I think is going to be the winner, and then I'm going to go right back against Arizona. Right back. <laughs> uh, you thought it was you. Right. I, I, you know me. I don't give a shit about a lot of things, but this is personal. <laughs> so what okay. do I give it? Fourteen. 14, yeah. So 49ers yeah. minus 14. We have the Seattle Seahawks minus one. The Denver Broncos minus three. That is our three-team parlay lock of the week. I like it. I have a good feeling about this one. I do. I will. Uh, I normally round robin it just because uh, we had a we had a really long period last year where I was pretty much right every week, and one of us wasn't. <laughs> and was so me. the round robin gets my money back. I yeah. still get so, so you know I do my I do the uh, I'm on Bovada so I do the three teamer and then I do the the four two teamers and you know what it works out I like it I like it a lot. 
or yeah, three two, whatever it is. Three, there's two, always two. ways to bet to make sure you're handicapping yourself yeah. too along the way. So two just, out of three and getting my money back means I got to basically play golf for free. Exactly. I don't play golf. This is exactly. Can't can't beat it here. Uh, we have another question coming in. Oh, here, Chris, we got one more. We have one more fantasy question before we call it a show here. Uh, Ryan is coming in. Should he trade Kyron Williams for Jonathan Taylor? Ooh, um, I mean, it depends on what stage you're in, what the rest of your roster looks like. If you're kind of locked on with Kyron Williams as your number one or you're even your number two and you really don't have a good number three option, I would not pull the trigger necessarily on that thing. But I do think it's a good tempting offer to look into because Jonathan Taylor has more upside value. I think Kyron Williams' days are numbered. I think that you're going to see the efficiency continue to plummet. But as of right now, he's still an RB1, RB2 option, and that's really hard to find. Yeah, I do think it definitely depends on your roster construction. It also depends what your record is. Are you two and one or are you three and oh? Because if you are, then I might pull the trigger on that deal. If you're if you're one and two, oh and three right now, I'm not yeah, pulling the trigger on that. You can't you can't give up Kyron Williams right now. So that, that has a lot of depending factors on it where depending on where you are. Uh Jazz, what do you got coming up, man? Where can people follow? Well, what I got coming up is a wager I made at halftime. Green Bay wins the game on the field plus nineteen hundred. So it's nineteen to one. <laughs> that's what i got so i was multitasking you guys think i'm just looking through my sheets but i i have my book over here and no, i have to i, I, know you're not. I didn't i, I didn't make not. it a big bet i didn't make it a big but but i just i just had a feeling you know green bay is a magical place lambo field so i hopped on their team total over hit that already and now i have them uh to win uh plus nine plus 19 to one excellent excellent well that's gonna do it for today's show guys we'll be back Yep, yep. Second half, Chaz. We'll be back Sunday night at 10.30. Me and Chase Thornton will be back on to talk about our heroes and zeros and observational notes of the weekend. So make sure you catch that and catch us back here at 9.30 next Wednesday for our Operation Domination episode for our full preview show. And uh, next Thursday, we will have a show. It might only be a half hour. Chaz, actually, yeah, I got to talk to you about that because we might not have the sports betting part of that. We got a lot of things up in the air. I'm going to be in L.A. for the uh, USC Arizona game oh that we might that might work out perfect that works we'll, out perfectly we, we, we will need have me, available but i'll I, that otherwise it's good yeah I, we may have we'll still have to try to get brian scott on here for the first half hours because the injury's on but thursday might be a little up in the air but wednesday at 9 30 like we usually are and then this sunday at 10 30 make sure you guys tune into our youtube channel subscribe hit the bell notification and stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app and Chaz, as you always like to say always be cashing guys guys we'll see you this soon 